citizens of the world. I'm here to change your life. Anything you want. Anything you dream of, you can have it. Hello and welcome to Our Flights on Film, a movie, movie podcast talking about movies, some movie industry news, and talking about pizza when it, when it seems right. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Brian. Um, Ryan, a little bit solo this week without Michael. He's out um, back home, but I got two very special guests with me. Um, one being my father, dad. Hi. My father, oh. dad. <laughs> hey, how's it going? And the other is uh, it's an old old friend family friend that really i've known all my life and uh so uh patrick how are you i'm good brian thanks so much for having me on yeah thanks for being here um really quick uh talk about i guess us how do we know each other well i've known brian since he was very small uh we were <laughs> neighbors um and uh, we've kept in close, close touch over the years. And we've seen a lot of movies both together and separately, but talked about movies literally now for decades. So we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of background in talking about great movies, a lot of Star Wars in there, um, a lot of action movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're, no, we often bounce uh, uh, movies off of each other, what we liked, what we didn't. I've seen a bunch of movies with his dad as well. Uh, Galaxy Quest comes to mind, other movies like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I don't know my dad. I consider my dad to know a lot about movies, and but he then, does. Patrick, you're just like in a whole other league. I don't <laughs> like. I it, it's 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 pretty amazing the amount the amount of information you know about movies, and so I'm really looking forward to having you on this pod, bringing that knowledge, and also like Patrick is one of like the wittiest people that I know. I feel like so I feel. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, in like the best way possible. I think mean, you're going to bring a lot of humor to this, and I think uh, you reached out and you're like, hey, I want to be a part of this pod. So that means you probably feel very strongly about this movie, one way or the other. So I think it'll be some good content. I can't wait to see the Oscars flowing in for it. That's all yeah, I want to say. Exactly. Just all yeah. the twelve yeah. nominations, right. no doubt. So much gold coming its way. Yeah. <laughs> all right, sweet. So I got. I want to get the ball rolling. We're talking about One Woman, 1984. Uh, as you, as the title suggests, this is a Wonder Woman movie taking place in 1984, and it's just her adventures uh, in that time period with uh, Max Lord, played by Pedro Pascal, and I think Barbara, played by Kristen Wiig, Cheetah, if you will, and uh, just their their adventures. But really quick before talking about the movie, you both were alive in 1984. Uh, what do you remember about that year? What does it mean to you all? The era itself, I don't remember anything particularly other than I think I liked the music a lot from that particular era. Okay. Um, although I don't think I heard any of it in this particular movie. In fact, I don't even understand why this movie was set in 1984. It just makes no sense to me, but whatever. That's I, I totally agree. There's no earthly reason why this thing had to be set in 84. You know, they're not, you know, even that, that horrible Fox TV show, that 80 show that was a spinoff of the 70s show, did a much better job of diving into what life was like in the 1980s. But beyond a few horrible uh, costume scenes with Chris Pine, yeah. you know, there's, there's a ton of music they could have used. Frankly, they're all from One Hit Wonders. So the licensing couldn't have been very expensive. Kaja Gugu, it's a cheap get, right? <laughs> so how hard would it be to throw in a little glass tiger, you know? Uh, yeah. You just, just the, you know, the one hit wonders would have made this movie so much better. But even the hair, my, you know, my wife was talking about how the hair isn't big, right? All these women in it, and like one or two of them maybe have big hair, but the rest all have normal hair. So yeah, yeah I don't get the whole 84 spin. There's no Orwellian portion to it. You know, yeah, if they were trying to be deep, they failed. Yeah, and I, I don't think they really evoked the era very well at all. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. They had they had a mall scene. I feel, you know, yes. they had malls. They had, Like you said, they had the costumes, the the clothes. Yeah. I guess that is it. That's a good point with the music. They really didn't really have anything significant from the 80s, I feel like, in the music-wise. You had Hans Zimmer's score. That was, but that's not right. really 80s at all. No. Well, and the other thing is, even back in 1984, I was only – at the end of my teenage years, but even in 1984, they had acting lessons, which apparently did not apply to anyone in this movie. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, so. school of drama they did not go to. Okay, I, I take I take a little offense to that. I think Chris Pine is a is a, is one of today's solid actors, but but yeah, 
I totally agreed. Chris Pine was excellent. Gal Gadot, as an actress, was excellent. The problem was, that's the end of the list. You know, actually, I think Kirsten Wig, once she became the bad guy, I thought was pretty good. But yeah. I thought she was awful. I thought yeah. all they did with her was just use the same bits from SNL yes. and um, Brides. And the same note. Yeah. And almost, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just. It's, that's, it's boring. That's why you cast Kristen Wiig, though, right? Like, you don't you don't cast her because she has, like, I'm assuming phenomenal range, right? You cast her because, like, hey, she's, <laughs> she's funny, she's yeah, comedic, and she plays this again. awkward character really well. I, yeah, but I don't want to see it again. I've already seen her do that a number of times, and, you know, it's, you know, do something different. So just a, a miscast on your part. Yeah. Like, you wish it was somebody I mean, else. You know. The whole film was a giant. Well, All right, so I also felt like, you know, uh, Pedro Pascal is fantastic in The Mandalorian. You oh, know? He's, so he's, good. he's quiet. He only speaks when he has to speak. He speaks very directly. And cast him as this Trump-esque gas and oil guy in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it was like someone, you know, they would take a take and someone off the stream would go, I want more nonsense. Make it more nonsensy, you know? And that was for everybody. You know, the, the bad guys who rob the jewelry store at the beginning, they walk in, to, they see the antiquities, and they literally throw their heads back laughing. I'm like, really? Is it really that funny? I don't think it's really that funny, you know? And it's just so over the top. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, the movie was at least co-written by Jeff Johns, who is a... Uh, I mean, he's written a million comic books in his life, you know, Superman and Aquaman and all kinds of DC comics over the years, you know, throughout the 80s and 90s. And, you know, I think that's a big jump to go from writing a comic book dialogue to trying to write a screenplay. And I think that really showed here, you know, I, yeah, the whole Max Lord character was so over the top in a movie that didn't really try to be over the top. You know, it was like he didn't even fit in it didn't really have a sense of humor about it yes um you know it just didn't work it just didn't work so you raise a good point there doug about the sense of humor in the first movie it's yeah it's set in world war one but there are some great humorous moments chris pine does a great job in that first movie of lightening the load even in this movie you know his well shit diana's or yes she suddenly remembers radar is a pretty good line and he delivers yeah. it really well yeah, but yeah. this whole movie is just mean-spirited. And coming at the end of a pandemic year, is this what I, as a moviegoer, want to see? Is all this mean-spiritedness and all this make it all for me? You know? And yeah, I get that in the end, people, you know, renounce their wishes, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and walk away from it. But you spend, you know, two hours and 20 minutes of people looking out for themselves. And honestly, I've lived that for the last nine months and I, you know, it's not really for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It was just completely humorless and it just did not fit in at all with, you know what, DC's got some serious issues with their entire stable of films that they uh, uh, crank out. I mean, you know, they've had a few hits here and there. Uh, the first Wonder Woman was fantastic. Phenomenal. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you wait a couple of years or whatever it was, you know, for the sequel to come out. The whole time I'm sitting there wondering, I wonder how they're bringing Chris Pine back. I wonder how that's going to work yeah. out. And then, you know, it turns out, oh, yeah, she wished him back. How about that? Just like at a birthday party. I wish Steve Trevor <laughs> would be, come back. Well, and he's let's... back. There's no, I, I just picture the studio head saying, how are you guys going to bring him back? You have to bring him back. And they're saying, no, don't worry about it. We got to cover it. Oh, you're going to do like a great sci-fi time portal thing or time what are you gonna do i you know we're gonna do a birthday wish no. you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just so stupid that alone was one of the more stupid things of all so really quick it's basically the entire premise of the movie unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah so on that note obviously Sorry, going to spoilers, spoiler alert. Right? yeah spoiler <laughs> so like yeah one of the big questions was how so we're just uh we want to talk about the good and the bad with this movie we just went like head first into the bad. So we'll just keep on riding along that train. Um, but one of the questions was, how does Chris Pine come back? You don't like that. It's like just a MacGuffin, you know, it's just one of those things yeah. like, all right, cool. Like this, this stone grants wishes. 
all right, sick. All right. I, I wasn't too terribly and it's magical. And the, you know, God, she's, you know, the daughter of a God molded from clay. Like I'm, I'm comfortable with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, well, well to your point, Brian, I, I'm fine with the wishing stone. I didn't have yeah. a problem with that. I didn't even mind when Max becomes the wishing stone in a sense, right? Spoiler yeah. alert. I'm yeah. assuming anyone listening to this, is, is already seeing the movie because otherwise yeah. why are you listening to this they're not, they're not gonna be like i wonder what he has to say before having to before i check this <laughs> out you know yeah <laughs> yeah but anyway so no i was okay with all of that but it was it was the manifestation of that right and yeah. you could tell there was a writer somewhere who thought man this whole concept of wishes and renouncing wishes and you know what's the cost of having wishes is a really deep concept i want to really explore that and for Max, there was a true cost. And for Diana slash Wonder Woman, there's a true cost. Yeah. I didn't see a cost to Chris, Kirsten Wiggs' character in the whole thing. Her her humanity. So, like, I think that's, like, kind of – I think I think she may have said that towards – but, like, her – Yeah, no, I, I know. Her, but it, it didn't yeah. feel like it was. No, no, in other words, no. The other ones felt earned, right? All no, yeah, for sure. Wonder Woman is mortal. She's getting shot. And, and Max looks like he's fit to die, you know, at some point. And yeah, and Barbara just looks angrier. You know, it just doesn't yeah. feel like the same kind of penalty. You know, they they didn't do a great job explaining that. So it took me yeah. a little bit to realize, oh, they're losing something. And then, even yeah. more so, uh, Maxwell, like anytime someone makes a wish off of him, like he touches somebody, yeah, he's able to get something in return. Like he's yeah. like, oh, and in return, I get your security detail. Oh, in return, I get all your wealth. <laughs> do they ever explain? It? it took me like. Four attempts to realize that he's like, he's able to do that. I do remember in the movie Aladdin that the genie gets the Lexus that he wants. You okay. know? <laughs> but no, it never. There's no. You've not heard of it because it never happened before. This is the first time someone said, "I grant you wish." And by the way, I want all the change in your pocket. It just yeah. doesn't happen, right? You grant a wish because you grant a wish. The monkey's paw. Now, which they reference in this movie, by the way, mm-hmm. and I think all six of the people in America who got the reference hated <laughs> the movie, right? But that's a real story where these, this couple, they want a lot of money. They get the money because their son dies. They wish their son to return from the dead. He comes back literally from the dead, right? So yeah. that's where they're, the whole, the cost of what you wish for, you have to pay. But there's yeah. nobody, there's never the monkey going, and I want 10 bucks for doing this too. Yeah, yeah. You know? Another thing, another thing that bugged me about the movie was, I don't know, he's been gone, I don't know, 65 years or so yeah. since World War One. And you're still moping around yes. about this guy? Yes. Yeah, that was that's problematic. Yeah. That was the biggest problem for my wife and my daughter about this film was it's really after 70 years, you couldn't find a single flipping guy. Yeah, your gal, <laughs> your gal, your gal Gadot, you can literally yeah. be with yeah. any man you want to on the face of this planet. Yeah. And just like, no, you're 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 still upset about Chris Pine dying. I don't understand. Yeah. Right. No, that I was probably that was definitely problematic. And then so like bringing him back. Okay, I thought when he comes back with that wish, went, all right, cool, like he's revived, he's back, whatever, he's still yeah. in his World War One garb, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Literally, uh, like his soul, his his essence is placed into another man's yeah. body yeah. and yeah. possessing that man. A man with a better agent, I think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I saw a meme about the movie and it was on Twitter and it, they made a reference with the movie with Scott Bakula, same exact premise where he yeah. Yeah. Have the body of somebody else. Only better. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. That just seemed really weird. I didn't under, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like that. And I feel well, like in, that, the, in the me too era, it raises some significant, I think issues, right? You like know? they totally yeah. had sex in that guy's body without that guy giving consent. Right, right, like or being aware, or being aware. Imagines, yeah. He right. was. I, that's just. It's so bizarre. So, yeah, because he's still no, like. Because to us, we see Chris Pine, but it's they make no like in the reflection, and I'm assuming right. Diana, you see the the dark haired man who like I've never yeah. seen before in my life, but yeah. um, definitely very weird. I found that very very weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. So let's can we talk about the opening sequence because that's the part of the movie I liked. That sequence I thought was really very good. I really enjoy like the first like forty five minutes. Honestly, as a whole, I really enjoyed that you know that sequence. Her as a little girl, that little girl yes. kicks ass. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's awesome. Well, and they deliver the message of the movie: you can't cheat your way to success. 
really well, right? That yeah. her doing well against these other uh, Amazonians, you know, is seems plausible, right? And also the childlike inability to think about what's coming. She gets knocked off the horse. She finds a shoot, and she makes yeah. advantage of the shoot, right? Yep. I'm like, this is pretty good. This is you're selling me the message. If the rest of the movie had been as successful as that sequence with the good acting and the believable story and the brilliant visual execution, the whole yeah. movie would have been a success, you know, yeah. but no, not so much. I completely agree. Dad, I see you shaking your head a little bit. I just feel, what are your, what are your thoughts, I guess, in the beginning sequence? You know, it was probably, <laughs> probably the best part of the movie, but that's not saying a whole lot. I mean, it didn't do a lot for me. I thought it was a little heavy handed, you know, where they're, sitting there telling her, you know, you can't be a hero without being true and yada, yada, yada. I mean, it was such heavy foreshadowing that, yeah, you know, I, I didn't particularly care for it. Uh, I didn't mind. I'm on Patrick on this one. I didn't mind that at all. I thought I set it up pretty, pretty well. And yeah, just that, that circle story arc, you know, it just all yeah. goes, it all goes back to it. And I didn't mind the mall sequence either. I think I saw some people really bagging on the mall sequence. I didn't mind it at all. I don't think there was enough action in this movie it, for like a two and a half hour movie. It's a Wonder Woman movie without Wonder Woman. I mean, seriously. And you got yeah. two hours and 30 minutes and you get like eight minutes of her in, in garb and, and gear and attack mode. And honestly, I felt like that was the problem. There's too much chitter chat and not enough action. And I didn't like the mall sequence either. I just thought that was filmed like it was a, a cartoon sequence from, you know, the 1960s Justice League cartoon show or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, you know her, you know, going around on that golden lasso, lasso like you know Spider Man on a yeah, with on a bender, yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, and also, why does she take out the cameras after she has swooped in to save the little girl? No idea. Right? Because even in 1984, once you taped it, it's taped, right? It doesn't, oh, she took out the cameras, all of our tapes evaporated, you know? It, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. She's been around, you know, since World War I. Right. I'm assuming, you know, fighting crime, kicking ass. No, that was her first appearance. She's, pretty yeah. Scary. Does she, she doesn't wear a mask. Like, just has right. no one, she has a very pop. Or else she can't afford the, she can't afford the glasses that Clark Kent uses, for God's sakes, you know? Like, She's incredibly recognizable. How does no, I don't see how to, this woman comes and saved the day. Where does she come from? Like, has you not seen her before? Do you not know right. she works so at the Smithsonian? Always tells everybody, shh, don't yeah. tell But that's the crux here, right? This simple mall robbery with antiquities, this is the crime in 70 years that draws her out? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, because the, the newscasters, and I noticed this when I just, I just, I just hurriedly rewatched and fast forwarded through a lot. It was a lot better that way. But, you know, she's she swoops in, she saves the girl, she beats the bad guys, yada, yada, yada. And the newscasts are like, who the heck was this? We've never seen her before. And I'm thinking, 70 years and you've had no reason to come out? She lives in the Watergate. Why didn't she stop Nixon's henchman from yeah. bugging the DNC 10 years earlier? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't quite understand. She's Wonder Woman. She right. she's really contained right now. Just sticking yeah. to petty crimes. Yeah, right. And and the you know once every seventy years kind of thing. She's like Haley's Comet. Yeah. You know it's. And then sorry. and then and then in the White House was that guy supposed to be Ronald Reagan or just evoke Ronald? Because oh my God, the worst Ronald Reagan <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. You know, Norm Macdonald could do a better it, uh, Ronald Reagan. That was awful. Yeah, to me, it resembled enough of Reagan to like maybe be Reagan, but like it wasn't good at all. So you question whether or not it's supposed to be Reagan. You're just like, I don't, I don't, the I don't hair know. was maybe the only thing they got right because the mannerisms weren't there, the way he spoke, his age, none yeah. of it was right. But, right. but it was close enough to being wrong that it was like, you know, when my parents buy the off-brand of some candy, you know, <laughs> the character would be just a little bit different, be a lot cheaper, and it would taste disgusting, but it would hint that it was close to the candy you wanted, you know. That's exactly it. That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. So now that, that whole White House sequence, start to finish, just, oh, my God, it goes on so long. Yeah. So it's, it felt like the Trump presidency, honestly. Yeah. It, it just seemed like, oh, my God, we haven't had much action in this movie Let's put it all in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, that that makes sense. That makes sense. 
Yeah. And then speaking of battles against the climactic sequence with her and, and Cheetah, that yeah. didn't, that didn't, that didn't look good at all. That wasn't visually appealing no. in any way. I don't think. Well, typically when your movie starts going into darkness, right? All of a sudden there's a storm and there's clouds and it's because they are spending so little on the CGI that they don't want you to notice the, you know, the, mm. the failures of it. And okay. Here's my question. It is now December, 2020. 14 months ago, cats come out. Yeah. And no one read variety since then with the producers and go, this is a bad idea. She looks exactly like cats. And I tried to watch cats twice and I couldn't get it more than five minutes into it. Cause it was so awful. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This, that outfit was not good. Cats thing. That's really, really good. We can that, but now I can't get it out of my head. We can have a whole separate pod about Patrick yes. trying to watch cats twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that did not, that did not look good at all. And I didn't even like how she became cheetah. Like she was like, she yes. made another wish. I want to be an apex predator. predator. And right. then she becomes like, yeah, just a, a cat. <laughs> so serious question here. How do we know she's become cheetah? I don't remember that name being said until like the end. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know either. That was just, I guess, involved in the marketing, I guess, and then all of a sudden, but you never hear it uttered once in the movie, right? I, I, I suppose. Well, and I think that's the sort of ham-handed message of the whole movie that she does never prosper. Mm. Oh, this boy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It did. It didn't. I didn't care. It, it's just a classic DC. Like if. Yes. It's. And this is the same issue with the first one I had. The first movie, ninety percent of the movie is like so great. Not saying yes. the first ninety percent of this movie is it, but like then the last ten percent of that movie, it's her fighting Ares in darkness and the fiery explosions, and it's just like, where did this movie go to? That. You know, a lot of people I've talked to about that movie say the same thing. That didn't particularly bother me a whole lot. I did as much as this entire movie did. I just feel like DC was like, yo, Patty Jenkins, there's not enough explosions and darkness. Yes. Can you like add a little bit left? Right. Yeah, it did feel like that. And then and then, you know, I can't believe, you know, the weekend doesn't even wrap up and they've already greenlit Wonder yes. Woman three with yeah. the same yeah. team. Yep. Oh MG. They better come up with something a whole lot better. Yeah. Well, and also that that last battle scene, Barbara is swinging on live electrical wires that are sparking. We can see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's okay. But in the water, the electricity, well, that's a problem now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah. yeah. That's how she's, that's how she's defeated, right? She gets electrocuted yeah, right. in the water. Yeah. Yeah. But they make it clear that she's not dead or, no. or imprisoned or anything like that to set up what I'm assuming is her role in, in the coming sequel. Same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought the same thing and nor did, uh, Max Lord, he died. He didn't die either. So I don't know if just he, his career, just his, yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, the whole, Oh, I love my son so much. BS. Right. I, this guy is a true narcissist before he gets the wishing stone. Everything is about him getting more money, more power. He's on the verge of failure and his son who he, you know, understandably given who he is as a jackass complains about having for the night to his aid. That's yeah, the kid yeah. who's going to turn him around hundred 180% and, you know, make him be a good guy now. Yeah. It didn't yeah, feel I earned. Yeah. It didn't feel earned. It didn't feel earned at all. They tried. No. Yes. They obviously tried really, that. really hard to like, be like, Hey, this is a Hispanic version of Trump right here. And yeah. we think, we think that's fascinating. And you're just like, yeah, eh. yeah. no, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right. Any any other bad things you want to talk about regarding this movie? <laughs> okay, so Barbara, good person, walking yes. through D.C., sees a homeless person. I live in D.C. There's a lot of homeless here. I get it. Gives him food. He's dressed warmly. She says, stay warm. Yeah. What seems to be three days later, Chris Pine and Wonder Woman are flying a jet through Fourth of July fireworks. Yeah. Let me tell you, as someone who lives near D.C., that in July, you don't need a blanket outside at night. Right. And then I never thought about that. Yeah. And then the movie gets over and she sees um, uh, Chris's Pine's destination body, his pod yeah. person, if you will. Yeah. And it's snowing. And I'm like, you know, climate change is a real concern, but this is a little crazy that we went from they're cold 
it's the 4th of July and now it's snowing on the case course of about two, three weeks. Did time, did time not pass? Like, do we, yeah, was, that, was that ever established? Must have. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I'm, who knows? And another, this is a it's minor funny. quibble. And Brian, you'll probably criticize me for this quibble. But yes. I mean, A, I don't know where, I've never been to the Smithsonian, so I'm not 100% sure how it all works. But I mean, being able to jump into a fighter jet. <laughs> yes. And fly yeah. to Egypt, no, that- which... There's no fighter jet on the face of the yes. earth that can transfer. I have the same point. Yep. <laughs> um, I just thought that was all. Completely- and then fly back as well. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, right. where do they land? You know, well, the I- Amico, there's an Amico right outside Tunisia exactly. that you can fly into and, you know, <laughs> gas up there. But also, there's two Smithsonian Air and Space Museums, right? There's one yeah. in the mall, which is presumably the one she went to at first. Then there's the one at Dulles Airport, which is, you know, 30 miles away. So she walked in the front door of the one on the mall and out the back door of the one at Dulles Airport. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure they don't leave the old ones gassed up and ready to go. Yeah, in case, of course. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. In case yeah, yeah. one pilot wants to joyride, you know. Yeah. So. And I hated the whole flying sequence with her learning how to fly. I timed it. I timed it because I wanted to know how much of my life I was never getting back from watching her learn to fly. How long is that sequence? It's two minutes exactly. Wow. Oh my god! Can that she? Is crazy. that comic book canon? Can she fly? I have no. I I, I don't know. I've never really either. Yeah. What's funny is she couldn't in Justice League, but now she can. Oh, that's, maybe yeah, she yeah, forgets yeah. in the next thirty-five years. There's right? definitely some continuing uh, some issues yeah. there for yeah. sure, which just further adds to the point that DC just has like no idea what they're doing yeah. at all. You say what you want about Marvel, but they, they they tie up their ends pretty well. Yeah. No, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I don't know who it is who runs their film division at, at DC, but it's awful. They must be like always want to shooting themselves in the head. Like, is there any way we could hire Kevin Feige? Uh, you know, <laughs> from Marvel? Yeah. Um, I, I'll almost be interested to see what somebody like that could do with um, DC. DC's got good characters. characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great stable of characters. And they just, they just, they're just awful. Yeah. Generally speaking. Well, yeah. and they, honestly, they've got some good actors in some of those characters. Um, Gal Gadot, I think, is good. Chris Pine in this movie. Yeah. I like Jason Momoa in Aquaman. I thought the movie was silly, but I thought he was <laughs> compelling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Cavill as Superman. Again, they don't put him in the best situations, but I thought mm-hmm. he was a pretty decent actor in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman, other than um, Christian Bale, they have struck out on that front, you know, mm-hmm. for me. But it's it's the weirdness of DC, right? The the idea of putting um, Bruce Wayne into a Jeep Renegade, you know, when there's an attack on a city, right? I'm a multimillionaire. Here, let me drive this $20,000 subcompact SUV. That is going to take me to safety, you know? Yeah, I, it's it's those choices that they make that just degrade the whole series of movies. Yeah. But surprisingly, they're exceptionally successful with their TV franchises, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting. I don't know what that speaks to, but it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of interesting choices, I want to go back to that that jet. I have no problem with that criticism, Dad. I think that's pretty hilarious and spot on. Um, I also think it's a questionable decision to take that jet and fly it through fireworks. I that, that just seems like <laughs> unnecessarily dangerous. So, yeah, yeah. And, You're not a pilot, Brian, but you raise a good point that flying into exploding, you know, pieces of gunpowder. Generally, pilots in war avoid that. They, they find that's yeah. not a good thing. Yeah, She is just totally game. This guy's been dead for like 60 years, is flying this new technology uh, jet that he hasn't yeah. done before. He's like, where's the fuel on this thing? Yeah. Uh, what's, and then next thing you know, he's flying, flying through fireworks. He was flying a Wright Brothers plane earlier. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or a biplane. I'm just kidding. But, I mean, but, but the gas gauge is in the same spot, so he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. He's fine. He's yeah. fine. Press a button. Um, Okay. Is there anything you all liked about this movie? Anything that worked? I, I, I didn't. I didn't like anything about it. I think Patrick, you know. Yeah, I, I like that first sequence. I thought that was, and actually, this is the whole thing for any Zack Snyder production. It is a visual feast. It is a storytelling nightmare, you yeah. know, and that is his MO from 300 on since. That, you know what? And that's a great point. At the end, I saw that it was produced by Zack yes. Snyder and his wife. And I was thinking, I wonder how much of this did he, you know, okay. impact? You know, yeah. what did he do? What was his hand in this? Because it looked like his hand was all over it. 
awful. And I I will agree that of the entire film, the opening sequence was the best. But to me, that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I liked... Like I said, Gal Gadot. I thought she was good. I found out. I think. I think her T is actually enunciated. I'm not. Oh, okay. I, I think I found that. I found that out recently. Really. Um. And then Chris Pine. I I, I go hard for Chris Pine. Like, yeah. give me all movies with Chris Pine in it. You know. So I'm I'm down with him. Very likable. Yes. I thought I thought Christian Wiig was good. I liked Patrick. You said you liked her when she became the villain. Yes. I thought I I thought she was I thought she was fine like, throughout. Yeah. Like she was like classic Christian Wiig SNL. I'm I like Christian Wiig SNL. So like I'm yeah. I'm all for that. And then. Pedro, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Uh, I'm also team Pedro Pascal. And like, you can tell that he was having fun in the first like hour of this movie. And then he became just like totally deranged and bloody at the towards yeah. the end. And I wasn't, I wasn't for that kind of Pedro. Yeah. No. He's good in Narcos. Yeah. He's great in uh, the Kings, the Kingsman, the sequel, the golden circle. He was very yeah. good in that. He's, and he's, that. In that role, he was required to be over the top. Everybody in the Kingsman is over the top yes. and it works there. But here, after doing such a great job with the first Wonder Woman, I really expected them to maintain the tone and the feel and the, you know, all of that. And instead it was like, and someone, I read this somewhere, someone thought, well, maybe they're doing an homage to the 70s Wonder Woman. I'm like, well, if they were, what a terrible idea. Because you know? <laughs> it's not the 70s anymore. So, you know. Yeah, and I'll, I'll still never quite understand what the rationale was behind the 84 thing. I, I'd yeah. really want somebody to explain that to me because... You know, why did you do that? Why, if anything, it just cost you more money on an already crappily allocated budget. Yeah. You might as well have, you know, set it in modern times and possibly done a better film. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess leads to the point you said there's going to be a, there's going to be a, uh, a, I said a sequel, a third movie in this yeah. installment. Where do they go? Do you think it's going to be like in the, like Wonder Woman ninety three or like or Wonder Woman like you know twenty 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 two set in present day after the events of Justice League? Where do you think it goes from here? I guess. Or where do you want it to go? I'd, I'd want it to go to present day or yeah. not go anywhere at all. I mean, I wouldn't mind them shit canning the whole project. <laughs> I think they should take a page out of Marvel's book though and make it present day. Throw in a few other DC characters, you know. Although they have got. And again, this is where Marvel has done well. They did 20 some odd movies with the same people largely in all of the characters through yeah. all the movies. And, and the, you know, it was a, sample, a grouping here and a grouping there. You know, Captain, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier is almost like an Avengers movie. Yeah. But they have characters show up, you know, sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot. But they're the same people. It's Don, well, almost the same. Don Cheadle was the second guy to play that role. But. <laughs> But it's largely, you know, you, you carry it through. And now they're talking about recasting Batman and having having um, Michael Keaton as the Batman in a like a Batman Batman oh, yeah. multiverse. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's and right. you know, the Spider Man multiverse thing worked way better than I expected it to. Yeah. But I'm not sure DC has the deftness and the light handed touch to pull off something like that very successfully. You know, and I think the other thing I wanted to mention here, talking about the future, is. The problem with this movie is it was three origin stories in one. We learned how Max became the bad guy. We learned how Barbara became the bad woman. And frankly, it was another stab at the at the origin story for, you know, why uh, Wonder Woman is so competitive, how she got a, an invisible plane, how she learned to fly. All of the sequences turned that into another origin movie. Mm-hmm. And to me, the best superhero movies are the ones that either assume it Ooh. Or dispense with it and don't bog you down in let me spend some horrible serious time giving you these people's background before they become the person you actually want to watch yeah yeah i agree with that yeah i agree oh man well <laughs> with all that being said we do have some pizza related questions that yes. uh, we like to do on this podcast are you all ready want to transition to those sure. absolutely all right cool so first up let's do best slice or like the best scene your favorite scene of the movie um patrick you are the esteemed guest is there do you want to go first sure the the deep dish uh pepperoni slice for me that and i'm not a big fan of deep dish but this had a lot going for it that whole opening sequence to me there was a lot to chew on it was meaningful it was impressive it was delightful that was my my 
my top topping, if you will, for that movie. That's that's going to be really hard to top. I feel like, uh, Dad, I see you really thinking hard. <laughs> Do you have a favorite or best scene from this movie? I mean, you know, I, I think that was the only. I I agree with Patrick in that. I don't. I didn't like it as much as Patrick, but I, I can't think of anything else in that movie that was salvageable, um, palatable. Um, so I would have to say that. I would have to agree with him there. Okay. So also the opening sequence. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Um, for me, my best slice. I like that that chasing Cairo. I thought that looked good. I enjoyed that. Um, her going, you know, going down the street. That's like the second action sequence of the movie, I suppose. Um, I find it, it was random that they were there and all yes. this thing. I didn't, also didn't quite understand that, that point of like Max being there and that wish that guy granted and what that means as far as like the land of the people that reside. I, I don't know, but I like that sequence and her yep. flying over and the truck flipping over. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I agree. About that. that was, that was, that was not a bad sequence. Yeah. You know, as an isolated little part of the film, but yeah, <laughs> but there's one. There's one cool shot where like Chris Pine she, uh, sees that Wonder Woman's in trouble, and he like rams his 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 car into the back of one of those armored vehicles, mm-hmm. and then he like breaks the windshield and he climbs out of the windshield. And it's all done like in one shot, and the camera kind of follows him through the windshield into the uh, yeah, armored truck. I'm like, I, I enjoyed. It. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. That's I like that scene. I did think it went on a, a touch long, and at this point now, having watched the movie kind of twice. I don't remember what they're trying to do. I don't remember what the point of of the fight is, to be honest. Completely yeah. agree with you. And then that's why I didn't even remember that sequence. There's so much of that film that I can't remember why anything happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just weird. It looked cool, but again, it's like yeah. why? Yeah. Um, okay. Exactly. Cool. All right. So that was our 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 best slides. Let's go to favorite topping. Our favorite topics, our favorite quote. Was there a specific line that uh dialogue that stuck out to you? I'd go with the well shit Diana when she remembers that there's radar. That that line sticks with me pretty well. It seems completely idiomatically wrong for Chris Pine's character to say that because <laughs> it's very much a saying of today, but he delivers <laughs> it so well that I, I don't care. You know, it's yeah. uh, and certainly any of us who've ever been driving and suddenly realize that something bad is about to happen, it is a universal thought that has gone through our head. Yes, I com- I completely agree. It's just Great line, but like better line delivery. He just yeah. nailed that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dad, how about you? I got nothing. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> about right. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's nothing in there that that is a good line. That if I had wa- rewatched the movie again, maybe I would have picked that out. But you know, there was no way in hell I was gonna sit through that movie again. So no. Got Fair. <laughs> um, Patrick, that was one that I had, so I'm not gonna say that. Um, so ahead. for variety. Um, one that stood out to me, this is a bit more emotional, but I'm also an emotional person. So this definitely is out of my alley is when, uh, they come to realize that as you grant the wish, you have to lose something and they're like back in her apartment and Steve is like, I have to go. Like I need to leave. And then she's like, I've never wanted anything. I've never asked for anything. I've done all these things. Never once. The only thing I want, I can't have it. And I, I think that conversation was like, that's a good point. You know, yeah. it's a very human thing to feel. And it was kind of humanizing for her and very emotional. And it hit me a little bit, but with that being said, not my favorite line um, is when he does finally uh, leave and she's like bawling and she's like, yeah. I'll never love again. And I just thought that was, I thought that was rough. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I just, I feel like I've heard that line in a lot of different movies before. And like, yes. you, you just couldn't think of a different way to, articulate that sentiment i'm not i'm not sure what happened there yeah it's like get him you know in yeah. every action movie <laughs> yeah know. yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah. um okay cool so uh, that was our favorite topic we're just breezing through these i really appreciate this this is fantastic um okay so i came prep time, man yeah i, I appreciate yeah. that yeah. dad do better next time um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, who do you want to have a slice of pizza with? Who do you think was like, cool, you want to sit down, have a conversation and enjoy a, a slice of pizza with? That's a tough one. Um, there are several people in this movie I would never want to ever see ever. <laughs> um, but, um, hmm. 
Well, I mean, for lack of a better uh, Chris Pine to say, so in your head, what's what you've been doing the last 70 years? Have you yeah. got anything in there? Can you reveal anything to me about, you know, have you seen Soul yet? Uh, and can you tell <laughs> me if that's accurate? Um, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, man, Soul, that's a, a whole other pod too in itself, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, Dad, how about you? Who do you want to eat with? Yeah, I was going to say Steve Trevor's character. He's the only one that I would probably would want to sit down and have a conversation with. I would have been curious uh, to ask him a little bit about the afterlife and what he thinks about things now in 1984 and, and that kind of nonsense. But um, he had already stated at one point in the movie that, you know, he didn't really remember where he was mm -hmm. or how yeah. he got there. And, you know, I, I don't know how much information he would have been able to divulge. He just, but he, he you know, there was nobody else in that movie character wise that I would have liked to have spoken to other than him. I think yeah. it would have been fun if they spent a little more time with his character exploring, you know, I can't imagine being dropped into the world 70 years from now, what that will be like, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I get it that that's been done to death, right? Back to the future. Lots of, lots of other movies have done it, but just a taste of it for him to go, I can get ice cream on demand or I can, you know, people are, are, talking on phones in their cars or something, you know, about, you know, how weird this world is by comparison or television, right? I mean, televisions are everywhere in this, in this movie. And he's not at all surprised that people's faces are just showing up on a, on a square box in people's homes and apartments. You know? and instead they wasted their time having them go through some clothing right. montage, you know, like out of Toy Story two or three with Ken yeah. and Barbie. <laughs> Toy Story three whatever but yeah and which, <laughs> and which did that sequence much better i'll just say no kidding michael keaton nailed that, that i was sequence. gonna say michael keaton as ken is just phenomenal yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah i guess you know the first one was like diana being that fish out of water being yeah. in you know the home and then they kind of reversed it with chris pine they did a little bit you know like yeah. you said the clothes and then the the escalator i think he was surprised by the escalator a little bit which was weird yeah I agree. Moving stairs is not the most out there thing, you know, an yeah. iPhone, right? Compared to 20 years ago, if you showed me an iPhone, I'd be, wow, I can, I can do all this stuff on a phone. And I, you know, yeah. that would have blown me away. Escalator, I could be born tomorrow and that would not say, oh, look, stairs that move. I get it. You know? Yeah. Just, I would think there's just been like a significant amount more te technological advances to point out other than yes. escalators. Yeah. Yes. And then, yeah, they took them to that, that NASA museum or the space yeah. museum or whatever. Yeah. yeah it was kind of weird yeah um okay uh for me i want to be the the other chris pine the other steve Tr the, the the dark hair fella like mm. so what was that experience like were you able to were, were, like did you see what was happening but you couldn't control your body were you just like unconscious for two weeks yeah uh did they did they wash your clothes i don't know i'm just did they wash you yeah, did they wash you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I have all the questions about what that out-of-body experience was like. Interesting. That's, I like that take. I have no recollection of it, right? I mean, he... I'm assuming, yeah. I mean, he I'm met her. Well, that was him, right? That he met Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was wearing that outfit that, that Steve Trevor yeah. was like, yeah. oh, I would never wear. I look like a pirate. He'd be clueless in the same way that he looked like he would be. So. Yeah. All right, Dad. I should just poking holes in my conversation before... <laughs> On the flip side, he could have been a Reagan administration official and it would just fit, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, let's slice it out. Let's rate this movie. It's out of eight slices. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, how about dad? Dad, or Patrick, Patrick, raise your hand. Nope. No, I just, I know, I know okay, dad. I'll go first. Out of the way. Patrick, now, so I know it's, it's from, uh, there's eight slices on the pizza I can give. Yeah. So my question is, is it possible to give just like a rusty pizza pan that's empty? Is that, can I award <laughs> so, that? So like a, so that would be like a zero out of eight. Yes. Uh, well, it's and slightly harsher, right? Because the pan is now rusty. So here's my point is, <laughs> it isn't just that it's a bad movie, but it had a good predecessor. It had the same director, had many of the same actors. It had a, a, a theory, an idea that could have germinated something really fun and pop culture-y and you could have really immersed in it. And they spent a boatload of money on it and it just fails in so many ways so to me there are there are cheap movies 
that are, aren't successful, but I'm you know, a little more generous because they're at least trying. Yeah. This movie, they have the, the writers and the, and the creative minds behind it, and they failed so utterly completely. To, to me, I give it a zero. So it's like that's like saying zero zero out of four stars, zero yes. out of eight. You're yes. just would not zero out of hundred, whatever whatever scale yeah. you want to use. Yeah, would not recommend. Right, nothing redeemable. Maybe half a calzone because it's not really even a pizza. <laughs> you know. Okay, okay, okay. Fair. All right. So zero out of eight from Patrick. Dad, what's your what's your? Yeah, score? I mean, you know, like a Domino's pizza box came to your house and there's nothing in it. it just, <laughs> um. It was awful. I mean, just from start to finish, pretty much, it was, I thought, an absolute waste of time. You know, the dialogue was awful. You know, Pedro Pascal's character was, you know, just so stupid. There was nothing to me redeemable about it. I just, I didn't care for it at all. I would not recommend it to anybody. Wow. So that's also a zero out of eight for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a solid four out of eight. Like if this came out in theaters, I'm not going to be like, "Hey, go see this movie." No, yeah. I don't want you spending twelve dollars on it. But if you already have HBO Max, if you're looking to kill time on a Sunday afternoon, football season's almost over. <laughs> you know, like, sure, go go kill three hours. You know, um, I like Chris Pine. Like I already said, there's some decent action sequence throughout. If this is on FX in like three or four years, and I'm scrolling past it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is an okay sequence. I can watch it for a little bit." You know, I would I would do that. And I think HBO deserves a little bit of credit, honestly, for putting it out there this way, you know, and understanding that people aren't going to see it in the theater. Um, I think there's something corporately um, responsible about getting this to people now. You know, if you're like me, you know, you're down to the IX and Netflix and what's left to watch. (laughs) Um, And so having some other choices, I think I applaud them for that. It was not my cup of tea, but if I had little kids at home, you know, this might entertain them for you know a couple of weeks you know yeah. um so i give them, i give them credit for that i think they warner brothers failed in the execution but whoever there decided to to get it out to people in a relatively inexpensive way kudos for that yeah for sure i'm looking forward to seeing what we will look back on this and and feel you know as far as what this means for the theatrical experience and how yeah. other blockbuster movies will be released as it will be announced in 2021 and if that will continue on in the future past that yeah. it's a, it's kind of the historic moment. We saw a major blockbuster movie released. We saw it at home, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's I'd history in the making. Know, I'd be curious to know how it would perform um, under normal circumstances. That'd be interesting to me. I think it I would think have it, big opening week and then it would just drop off the chart. Exactly that. Yeah. Huge opening weekend. And then, you know, a big drop for the next week, but you know, that's the thing, Brian, you raised a great point is, you know, what happens with movie theaters? I personally love the immersion. I love the yes. solitude. I love that I don't look at my own phone. I mean, I'm guilty of this when I'm yep. watching movies at my own house. And, you know, just being in the theater and, and so loud that the walls are shaking, which I try not to do to my neighbors in our apartment here. <laughs> you know, but all of that is an experience I, I can't give up on. And I'm hoping that someday soon I can get back to it. Yeah, oh, for sure. Good. Yeah. One of the first things I do when I walk into a movie theater is like I get my Apple Watch and I turn yeah. it on theater mode and I make it silent and the same thing with my phone. I'm I'm in this experience with the sound yeah. and the darkness and the big old screen. Yeah. At home, I de- like during this movie, I yeah, I shot some texts. I was kind yeah. of googling some stuff, going on Twitter, seeing what the Cubs were doing, you know. I did my taxes, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing that compares to going to the theater to see yeah. a movie. I mean, that's that's I grew up that way. I'll I'll never give that up. You know, as long as a theater is open, you know, I'm, that's how I'm gonna try and see movies. Yeah. yeah. Forward. I can't wait to get back to that. Yeah, I'm 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 really hoping that we don't. I mean, 2021 will will continue to have blockbusters uh, th- through HBO Max, but I'm really hoping yep. past that we'll can go back. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. That's been our thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984. Uh. Check it out. Maybe don't. I don't know. So um, do whatever you want if you have HBO Max. Um, So with that being said, let's go into our last slice. This is just a way to close things out. Last slice, last thoughts. It's going to be about anything, what you've been doing, what you've been seeing, what you've been up to, um, just to wrap things up. So whoever wants to get the ball rolling on this one. I got to say that one of the best things I've watched on TV 
these last few weeks is has been the second season of the Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I thought that that was like, holy Christ, you know, so much <laughs> a better than the first season, which I didn't hate, but it was okay. It was good. But this I thought was just, you know, exponentially better and significantly better than almost any of the films that they've done since, you know, 1983. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, it's just amazing to me how, how, I wonder how much money they spend per episode for one thing. And then it's just amazing to me how, how great they're able to execute um, that and continue that universe in a, in a whole different, you know, way than what we've seen over the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years or whatever. Yeah. I know. Um, I think we had a little bit of a, of a Twitter exchange, the three of us regarding uh, the season, the series finale, the season finale. Um, and Patrick, I agree with you. Rogue One is like really, really good. But yes. I agree. I think yeah, I think yeah. everything else, the Mandalorian probably trumps that. I think every 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 other project. That's that's a tough call, but they're both to Doug's point though. They're both both better than the than eight seven eight nine by yeah. far yeah. by far. Yeah. yeah, I remember being so pumped after the Force Awakens, and then I don't think that's really aged well. Yeah, um, and much. episodes one, two, and three. You know. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I mean, without I don't even talk yeah. about those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Mando. And then speaking of Star Wars, Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman. She is going to do Rogue Squadron, a new Star Wars movie. Um, I see Patrick, you're a little nervous. Up until this past weekend, I was really kind of geeked for that. And now I am more terrified than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> is that a new movie or that's a new series from Disney? That'll be, I, I think a movie, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, I think a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. They got. They have so many projects coming out. It's amazing, um, uh, in the Star Wars universe. It just. I, I hope they take the idea though that quality is more important than quantity. Yeah. Anybody who yeah. saw Solo or Seven, Eight, Nine understands that you don't have to just keep feeding the beast, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a, a a story like Rogue One and you can tell it well, or The Mandalorian, right, where Mandalorian so slowly eased into the Star Wars universe, Star yes. Wars universe that we knew that it was great. And then bringing in elements from Clone Wars, the cartoon, not the, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. awful episode number two. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and revealing it, you know, and bringing in who they brought in, in the, in the finale. So there's no spoiler alert, but all of that was, was a great way to do it. And Rogue One, I mean, the sort of anime characters who were introducing that aside, the way that that flowed into the Star Wars universe was great, but Solo was a was a misfire, you know. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't mind Solo too much, except for the idea of you know again, why did you make this movie with a young Han Solo? Right. I mean, how are you going to top Harrison Ford's iconic? Right. I didn't mind this movie so much, just the entire premise. <laughs> You're just like, I didn't mind the movie so much, just the entire premise is all yeah. I, know. <laughs> no, I didn't understand why you would do it, but having them do it, yeah. taking my mind out of Harrison Ford as Han Solo and just running with the movie, you know, it didn't bother me. You know, I mean, it wasn't the best, but no. you know. But so there's an element of success here for the star wars producers and if you do rogue one if you do mandalorian then tell lando's story yeah. in as a solo movie and not han solo's right don't take the characters we know incredibly well and then you have to jerry-rig the plot lines to make them connect at the right moments you can tell whatever story you want like rogue one and mm-hmm. it, ultimately that flows into it but it's not somebody who we've spent you know han was in all three of the first movies so we knew him incredibly well take lando and you know or some other uh, the whole boba fett portion of the mandalorian i thought was an interesting way to get after that you know that's yeah. i think where they can have some success and win people over rather than hey we're going to stunt cast to you know show you who what han would have looked like 20 years earlier yeah, yeah. That, that was just a mistaken idea you know. yeah all right Moving on from Star Wars, that was cool. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> no, that was good. That's a good last slide. I can, I'm, I'm totally on the same page with doing that. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, how about your last slice? Uh, I'll just say that you know um, I've come to really appreciate over the course of these ten months or so that we've been shut up that, um, that focusing on the quality of storytelling. You know that there are a lot of things where we invest some time into it, half an hour or one episode. And if it ain't good, it ain't good. And we move on, you know, that you got to, you got to be ruthless. There's a ton of content out there to consume 
and I've become much less forgiving um, mm. when I when I'm slave to looking for new stuff on an almost really a daily basis. So yeah, is there is there anything particular that you would like adamantly recommend or, oh, or avoid? Um, the Mandalorian season two, like we talked about, much better in season two than season one, and ultimately I've really enjoyed that. Um, uh, Watchmen from HBO mm. uh, blew my mind. I mean, yeah. seriously, that was, and I think I got to it very late compared to most people. Um, there's, there's been a bunch of other stuff. Nothing, nothing springs to mind. Yeah. I, to be honest, I've actually been watching the original Perry Mason, uh, the first season of that. Oh. And uh, having grown up in Los Angeles, um, it's kind of fun to watch and see the locations they use in that and how different it was from even when I grew up there. Um, but those, the, the, those stories suffer from what a lot of mysteries of the day do in that here's the final verdict and who's, here's the killer. And here's 18 pieces of knowledge. We didn't tell you the viewer, but that's why this guy is guilty. You know? So. Yeah. Did you watch the uh, HBO Perry Mason? I'm just starting to get into it. Seriously. That like started the last couple of days to get into it. So. I just watched the first few episodes. I never finished it. Yeah. I hear it. I hear it starts slowly and then builds up and does pretty well by the end. And that's why I've started to watch it now. I want to get back to it. I, I love those kind of period. Yes. Um, it felt very LA confidential to me, although I know it's set a couple decades ahead of that, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Nice. All right, cool. Well, thanks for that recommendation. I totally agree. There's just so much content out there with all these different streaming services. And I was just rethinking like, do I need all these streaming services? But then they each one of them have like enough to keep me going. Like it's all, it's, it's, it's it's frustrating. <laughs> well, like Apple Plus, you know, I love the morning show and I love Ted Lasso. Yeah. Until either one of them comes back, do I drop it? You know, and, and you that's know. that's a good question because that's probably the one channel that I seldom seldom look at, and yeah. I would never even have watched Ted Lasso if not for uh, you and Trisha recommending it because yeah, that turned out to be really really good. I need to yeah. watch that still. Oh my gosh, Brian, you'll love it. I know, I know, I know. It's from the it's, creator of Scrubs, and I love, I love Scrubs. Ten episodes, half an hour each, dude. I'm telling you, one Saturday, you're going to watch it, and then you're going to come to me and tell me, I don't know why I didn't watch that six months earlier. The yeah. only problem, I just need to get uh, an HDMI uh, adapter for uh, Kimberly's Mac because Apple TV is not on Xbox, nor is it on Roku, the Roku I have, at oh. least. So, oh, okay. Gotcha. So that's a little frustrating, yeah. But I'll figure out a way because I love, I love uh, Bill Lawrence and and yep. and and Jason Sudeikis. So it's like I feel like it's right on my the, alley. The show on first glance, the show seems silly and inconsequential, and it is absolutely not. It is yeah. incredibly well done. Cool, that's awesome. Sweet, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to checking that out soon. Um, we're on this recommendation roll and talking about TVs and movies. So I guess uh, for me. My last slice is I watched the first film of the Small Axe series on mm. Amazon Prime by Steve McQueen, Mangrove. Yep. Um, I thought that was really, really good. I haven't seen the really? other okay. four films, but I really enjoyed Mangrove. It was like a, it's kind of uh, a uh, Notting Hills, t- not take, because it's actually their experience, but like it reminded me a lot of The Child of Chicago 7, just this uh, oh, poli- okay. police brutality turned yep. uh, and, then, and then courtroom drama. And instead of the Chicago seven, there's is the mangrove nine. And it was, it was really effective. It was really good. And Steve McQueen, I I've seen now 12 years of slave um, widows. And then now this, and I'm just under the pressure that the guy just knows what he's doing. He's just really good. So I recommend that if you all haven't seen it yet. I have not, but I will. Cause I've been, been waiting for someone I know to watch it. So that's, it's been interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I, th- I think I, from what I've read and seen, like Mangrove is probably the best one, and then the other ones are still really good, but like maybe not at to that level. But yeah, Mangrove was really effective. I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's been our Slice on Film. I really appreciate you guys. It was good seeing you, Patrick. Uh, Thank you, Dad, obviously. Um, you as well. And uh, uh, Patrick, I understand you're going to be potentially in Tennessee not too long. Yeah, so uh, Trish and I are taking advantage of my remote working. So we're going to spend a month in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, working nice. uh, in a literal seafront uh, condo there for a month, and then move into Chattanooga for a month um, there, and then hoping to hit uh, New Orleans and maybe another couple of cities before I have to be back here 
you know, when uh, God willing, the office opens up uh, for good. So, but we're going to, we don't have a house, so we're going to take advantage of the opportunity. That's that's awesome. You can do that. That's a, that's a a great experience. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Hopefully I, uh, we're talking to talk to my dad and my mom about this, but hopefully we can uh, all meet in Tennessee at one, one moment. And we'd love to see you guys. Sure. I'll bring a hazmat suit. Sounds good. Me too. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get mine out of my closet. Um, cool. Well, appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for talking about Wonder Woman 1984. And maybe we can do this again sometime. All right. That'd be great. Absolutely. You know, I'm not so keen on this one. I figure uh, you are, but you know what? I'm ready to go. I think we can do better. Parachute pants? Yeah. Um... Does, it, does everybody parachute now?